Woman Podcast with your host, Tina Conroy. Gain clarity, confidence, and trust in your inner wisdom. Explore spiritual topics, including intuition, healing, wellness, yoga, vibrant living, and more. Hey guys, welcome to the Intuitive Woman Podcast. I am so grateful to be here with all of you today. This is my very first show with a guest, and I'm taking a big breath, inhaling, exhaling, and I would love all of you to do that with me as well. We're going to center today as we center each and every show to ground our energy and to connect, connect to the spirituality, our intuition, and to ourselves. So go ahead and close your eyes. Take a nice, long, slow, deep breath in and exhale away. Now on that exhale, allow yourself to let something go. Let something go physically, emotionally, or something that's not serving you today. And I'm calling upon blessings for everyone listening on the show as we connect to our deeper self for wisdom, clarity, and to connect to our intuition. And then slowly come on back to the room and open your eyes. I'm going to pull a card for our show. And I'm pulling from the Oracle cards. My first card and the card for the show is New Life. It is a gorgeous card. It is a beautiful woman that is arising up and reaching her arm up for new life. And I feel like it is a new life and new day as I birth this podcast and trying all new beginnings. So it is so befitting for me to have my very special guest on the show. I consider her my podcast sister, friend, mentor, a businesswoman, all-around entrepreneur helper. And I want to tell you a little bit about Katie Kremitzo. Katie Kremitzo is the founder of BizWoman Rock, a community and education provider for businesswomen around the globe who want to grow their companies. She is a business coach and growth strategist and provides virtual and live education to help purpose-driven and action-taking women the tools they need to fulfill their business dreams. Her podcast, Biz Woman Rock, provides personal business interviews, pertinent topics, and actionable information that help her community thrive in their businesses. She is a lover of travel, animals, she has two pet parrots, the water, and is amazingly in love with her very first child, Sedona, and her husband, Chris. And Katie, I am so glad that you are here. How are you, girl? (laughs) I'm so glad to be here. I am so honored to be a part of this inaugural show. This is awesome. I'm so excited. I'm a little nervous, I have to tell you as my mentor, because I cannot believe you're on my show. So I'm taking (laughs) a big breath. So well, awesome. I am I am honored to be here. I, I think it's uh, I think I'm just about as giddy as you are. I've listened to your show. Uh, you're you know this might be your your first show of this next phase of your new life of your podcast and your business. But you've been doing this for as long as I have, girl. You've been you've had your show for about three years now. So, you know you you kind of know your stuff. Thank you. You know what? I guess so. But what happens is when you make this change and you you transition and you try something new, it, everything feels new. And you're constantly asking yourself, what am I doing? And doubting yourself. And today I had that moment where I was really stressed out and what could go wrong. And then I said, if I don't do it, I'll never know. And I've learned that a lot from you and a lot of your community. So we just have to go for it, right? So true. This whole this whole game of life is a giant experiment. So you just, I mean, what do you have to gain by not doing it? You just got to go try. 
Absolutely. So I want to start back. We're talking about intuition and business. And we've talked a lot and you talk a lot to your community about business. But I want to kind of delve in and really get deep about a little bit of spirituality. So I'm going to take the listeners back to when you were a child and your family, your upbringing, religion, perhaps, and, you know, how you were brought up. Yeah. So I was brought up as one of six kids um, out in a very, very small town in Arizona, right on the border north of Mexico. And we were raised very Catholic. And by very Catholic, I mean that we were going to church every single Sunday, celebrating every single holy day, every single holiday. And religion was just really a part of our entire culture. Um, it was really important and really special. I remember my first communion. I remember my confirmation. Um, and those were really special things. Our, you know, our kind of family, we didn't, we only had um, my grandma and grandpa who were out there, but everyone else, like all my aunts and uncles and my cousins, all of them were still back in the Chicago area where my parents were from originally. So we sort of cultivated our own little community of, you know, uh, chosen family, if you will, in my hometown. And so it, and it was very much integrated with our church. And so that was very much a part of like who our friends were growing up. But looking back, I, I am not a religious person anymore, but I, I, I look back on kind of the Catholic upbringing that I had. And it was really important. You know, I started getting really involved. I was a leader in the Catholic church all the way up through uh, into college, um, always part of the leadership team. I was always like doing readings in church, um, you know, always part of youth camps or whatever it was. And so I really, um, it, my parents were really involved as leaders in the church. So I, I just feel like it was so awesome to have that sort of background um, experience to sort of, I don't know, just just have something in common with the family, something to talk about. And it was a really good backdrop for how we were raised. And so when did you when did you kind of like move away from the more religious into more of the spiritual? It's like you, you say you consider yourself more spiritual. Yeah. So I, uh, I have definitely evolved into a very deeply spiritual being. And I really think that college was sort of the first time when I started questioning things and my college days were very I, I kind of title them as my angry feminist days because those were the days that I just started asking a lot of questions which I think that age time period whether it's college or no matter where you are you're sort of out of the house at 18 to you know 22 year old age I, I started questioning a lot I'm like well why do I do this and why do I do that and so I, I was very very involved in the colleges, um, Catholic church, very involved as a leader. And it was awesome. But I found that the more I got involved as a leader and somebody who was just responsible for doing a lot of the things to like community build and like do events for people, the less spiritually connected I felt, which was ironic, right? Because I was so busy doing the things in order to um, kind of make the events of the church happen that I just wasn't, I didn't feel spiritually connected. And I did a lot of things to try. I would be part of like extra prayer groups and, you know, go to church on extra times or what have you. Um, but then I started questioning things. I started questioning, well, how come women aren't priests and what really happens here and how come we don't do this? And thankfully I had, um, I had priests there. I had two priests in particular there who were really, um, advanced. I mean, like just really open. And so they would tell me, well, Hey, the, you know, the church was very man-made and unfortunately it's sort of behind the times on, you know, kind of uh, the deeper 
freedom of us all being sort of spiritually connected. And so they would just say, these are sort of man-made rules and we're just really trying to evolve into something that's more in line with who we are as people. So they were really good about saying that. Um, very open-minded. Like we had, um, we had a really active like gay community within the Catholic church, which you would think that that was not welcome, but my Catholic church, we did. So, but the point being is that I just never felt satisfied with those answers. And so I started sort of backing away and then once I moved out to Florida, I came out here to do my master's degree and I just started, I guess I used that time. I didn't know a single soul out here when I moved out here. So I was sort of forced to build a new community and, and I wanted a spiritual connection. I just didn't know what that meant. And so I would go and practice basically at a bunch of different churches. Mm -hmm. I would go to the Unitarian church and I kind of liked that, but I, I wasn't really finding a community there. Um, I would go to I would go to Buddhist meditation classes all the time, and I would lo I love the Buddhist centers out here, and so I would just do like different meditation um, uh, programs that they had on a weekly basis. And I basically I would study religions. I would I I really was like active in learning all sorts of other things outside of the scope of Catholicism, which I was raised in. And so what what kind of happened is what my mother now calls my buffet style <laughs> religion which is really, I, I started learning things and I would be like, oh, that's a really cool concept in Islam. And I really, oh, I like that. Or, um, you know, I like that Buddhist, uh, that Buddhist God. And I like what that stands for. And that's really cool. And, um, and so I would take little pieces of what I really liked and I would let that feed me. And I would, I, I kind of started getting in this practice of relinquishing myself from that needing to be anything. It didn't need to be boxed in anywhere. And so I really started my journey as a spiritual person. And I mean, the, everything, it was like, you know, I, I'm sure I studied some witchcraft at some point and Wicca and, you know, Native American uh, type of rituals and oneness with nature. I mean, everything. I was so, I've always been very curious about like a larger universal something. And I was really lucky because even though my parents are still very, very religious, um, they're so, they're very open-minded as well. And so I remember going to my father when I first started, you know, asking all these questions in college and I would say, dad, you know, what do you really believe in? Because my dad is a scientist, like he has a scientist brain. So like I would watch him watch about the big bang theory. And then I would ask him about like, well, how can you believe in that and believe in God, you know, and, and believe in Adam and Eve. And, and he, he, I still remember this. He was like, I, I feel Katie, like as many religions as there are in the world, there's still something bigger beyond us all. And so the religion that you choose is just where you choose to live. You know, it's where you feel comfortable and, and how you choose to live your life. And, but there's something greater than all of that. And I guess he may not even remember that he ever said that to me, but that stuck with me. So for me, that was so much freedom for me to go find my own buffet style religion, my own sense of spirituality or sense of connectivity to this greater thing. And I didn't need that to be inside of a church somewhere. So, um, and I think along the way, I just kept on attracting more and more people who were of that belief system, conversations that I could have that would enlighten me. And I would see those things as really spiritual interactions. And, and then all of a sudden, once you get, once your mind opens up to that, all of a sudden, everything is incredibly spiritually connected. So I think that my, the depth of my spirituality has just grown and grown and grown and been very, very, now I'm 38 years old now. I feel so incredibly in tune with this larger universal thing. Um, and, and I just know that it's going to continue to get deeper and deeper. You know, it's similar. I'm listening to you. And at the same thing, I went to 
you know, Catholic school and I was brought up Catholic. And when I started doing yoga, practicing yoga, and then teaching yoga, it was a real, it was a big thing because at that time yoga was, I don't know, now it's everyone does it. But I had a lot of people that would question, you know, my Hindu or my Buddhist or what am I? And I'd be like, no, I'm, I'm Catholic. You know, and I would still to this day, if someone asked me, I would probably say I'm Catholic. However, I, I don't go to church. I don't believe in a lot of the things the church, you know, believes in. And I, again, I cherry pick what I like, different things. Um, and, you know, it's interesting because now my kids are out of high school and they're into college. And I kind of sent them on that same path. I sent them to Catholic school, although we were very open-minded, right? And so as I was kind of growing into my spirit, you know, out of my spiritual closet, I remember one time actually, which is funny now, um, I was sort of doing this, you know, opening up my spirituality and obviously, you know, doing the things that you're not supposed to do in Catholicism. And my daughter came home one day, I think she was in like seventh grade, and she said, you have, you're praying to a false God because she was learning that in religion. I'm like, oh, okay, oh boy. we got to have this conversation. <laughs> I had this, I had, I have a, I created an altar. So I have this small altar with all different things that I have Jesus, I have a Buddha, I have Oracle cards, I have, you know, incense, I have whatever. And I, she said, well, you have an altar and you're praying to a false God. And I had a really great conversation with her. And I said, God lives within us and God lives around us. And you know, I explained this whole thing and she got it. You know, I think there was just like a little bit of, wait, you know, school is telling me this and you're telling me that. And now I can honestly say, you know, having a 23 and 19 year old, they really are extremely spiritual beings. They have, they, they do believe in a God, whatever that is for them, but they know they don't have to go to an institution. And, you know, it's really interesting because how your family life plays out. Um, my brother got married. Uh, my brother is gay and got married four year, three years ago. And here we were all in the wedding party and how beautiful it was. And I'm thinking, you know, how sad it is that the church doesn't recognize that. So we're all, we really have all just adopted this beautiful openness. And it's, we've come a long way. I mean, as yeah. my family, we've come a long way. But yeah, no, thank you so much for sharing that because... It's interesting. I love what your dad said, though, because that makes so much sense. Yeah, and I feel like when you I, – I really almost feel like we're kind of at a day and age where if you can – we're sort of in this stage of transcendence where there's so many people who not – it's not even a matter of, like, questioning traditional religion. It's just a matter of understanding that it doesn't live within the walls. And even though church, quote unquote, church, like preaches that it still happens in there. And so I have no, like, I really believe that every individual has their own individual path to spirituality, has their own individual path to God or whatever they want to call that. And if they find that inside of a church and in the community of the church and what they get there and they feel fulfilled, all the power to you, that's awesome. Everyone has their own kind of structure that, that suits them. But I feel like we're in this space where the, uh, how do I want to say this? Like basically that, the idea that we have to fit into one of these things called a religion, I feel like that's, we're sort of beyond that. Like, like most kids nowadays, they know that they don't have to, or they're at least being, there's a lot more education out there on like d different options for them to live a deep and fulfilled and purposeful life that is 
meaningful um, and that fulfills them and makes them feel connected and makes them feel spiritual, whether they call it that or not. And it, it doesn't have to exist within a church. Um, and it's so funny that you mentioned that about your daughter. Chris and I actually have had the conversation of like, how are we going to raise our kids? We have an 18 month old right now and we're planning to have more kids. And so we're like, how are we going to raise our kids, you know, as spiritual people, as religions? And it's really easy actually to default into, well, we should go to a church because there is, there's this amazing sense of community and support system there. Right. And then, you know, and so that was sort of like put on the table. And then I was like, but that's not, if we would be going there for a community, like we already have an awesome community here. And to me, teaching really great, um, spiritual lessons comes in being a good person. So if we do a good job of teaching our daughter how to be a good person and how to show love and how to give love and how to accept love and how to be love, we've done our job, you know, and we've helped her find her own path to to fulfilling herself and, and feeling connected to others in this giant kind of web of, um, of oneness that we are. Like if we do a good job of doing that and we do that by example and we do that by proactive parenting, but mostly by example, like if we do that, we've done a good job. We don't, we don't need, we don't need to go to church every Sunday in order to do that, you know, but every parent, every parent should have their own thing. That is not me saying that. I mean, honestly, I really do believe that everyone has their own structure that works for them. That feels right for me. I agree. And I I think also, and I'm just thinking back because my kids are older and, and thinking, you know, how your daughter's 18 months you also have culture because I know Chris is Greek so you have this big Greek like family culture and I know they do like a big christening I guess I guess it's a big christening it's different than the Catholic church but there's always also that because you know I'm sure there's a lot of respect with his family and love and you know you know all of that but you don't want to disappoint them but at the same point you need to be who you are to bring up your you know you know what I mean like I can just I'm a big Italian family so I it's It's, very similar to the Greek family (laughs) it's so funny that you mentioned that and I hope that he doesn't listen to this but if you do I love you babe um we so we actually took a trip to Greece this past year when she turned just about a year old and we had planned, we were like, just, okay, let's just make it happen. And then it turned into this, like, well, let's get her christened. And I, I'm a little bit of a rebel when it comes to that. I'm a little bit of a free spirit. So I'm just like, well, why are we getting her christening? That's not, that's not what you and I believe in. Like, that's not what we need to do. But he's like, no, it's a cultural thing. Let's do it. And, I, and ultimately I was like, you know what, if that's important to you, totally get it. It's where he was baptized. I totally get it. It's like the hometown that, that his family is from. And, and being the genius marketer that he is, he's like, well, if we tell your parents we're getting her christened, they'll come out too. And so it could be a big thing. <laughs> so they came out, of course. I mean, they probably wouldn't have come out for just a regular trip, but because she was getting christened, like, so we all ended up going out there. It was amazing. But the actual christening, I ha- I was having such an internal struggle for the entire time. As a matter of fact, you you may or may not have seen pictures, but if you did see pictures, you probably did not see a lot of pictures of me because I was like, you you could read my face of not being very happy because, you know, it's like your typical, like they dump the kid in the water and she's <laughs> crying. It's really not a fun thing. And in my head, I'm going, why, what is the purpose? Like, I don't, I don't necessarily believe in this as a, as a thing. I don't really believe in anything behind this, but I had to respect the fact that it's part of the culture. And I really, I had to truly move it to that space of like, I need to honor this as a part of of the Greek culture that my husband comes from and my daughter's culture. This is really what's important to them. And she ain't going to remember it, you know, so that's fine. (laughs) But yeah, I I mean, there, there is a lot of that stuff. So it's like, it's a constant, like, 
okay, how do we how do we handle this? Well, I can completely understand that because I, you know, as you're talking, I'm a very visual thinker. So I'm thinking, you know, this beautiful place in Greece and, you know, the dunking of the water and I don't know, like the dress and the whole thing. And but it's the custom. And I'm sure his grandparents were so proud. But I, I completely understand that. I understand that as a custom. I understand that as a love you know, in your family, your marriage, your, you know, you're complete, you're the three of you. It, it does make a difference. And yeah. so I completely understand that. I get it. I do. I completely get it. I got the whole thing. I got the whole, the whole big Greek christening. Got it. <laughs> Ultimately, at the end of the day, it was really, um, I have a hard time doing things to please other people. That doesn't, that's not in line with how I've ever lived my life. And so it's really hard for me to say, well, this, is this is really important to them like literally the entire village came out because and and that I really had to stop and respect that I had to let to completely let go of ego and say you know what this is actually really amazing and special this is a great reason for the whole village to get together and it's a celebration of the, our little daughter and I need to really honor that and so I had to really step out of ego in order to recognize that but that's not what I that's not what I immediately felt <laughs> you know what though that's just you being really true to yourself and true to your you know your partner and unconditionally love you know that really is a give of yourself I mean I talk about this with my husband all the time you know now that our kids are older and and we see so many people that don't make it and you know marriage is hard right like a relationship is hard and I mean we started dating at 16 years old I'm like I known you more than half my life yeah it's crazy (laughs) crazy oh yeah um he went to my sweet 16 my junior prom my senior prom and I say that it's so much easier sometimes you look at other people to give up than to work hard and you have to give of yourself especially once you have kids oh my gosh once you have kids you're constantly giving of yourself and if you don't it's just not going to work I mean absolutely you have to have yourself and you have to have your likes and personal time I get all that but there's so much of a, a I guess giving up's a hard thing but there is this understanding right so for you you know you don't like to do things that other people but it was like okay this is important and so you did it so I think that's beautiful I think that's just part of your spiritual being too yeah and I feel like um you know the funny thing is is that if I had to use a word to describe like how I feel as a spiritual being or just a a person in general I feel like I'm like the embodiment of love and I feel like everything that I do has to give of that. And so like as a mother, as a businesswoman, as a wife, as a, you know, as a friend, as a mentor, like all these things. And I feel like that, I mean, it's, it's just all one. I feel like that's all we all are. This is like, we're like these bright beings of love and like how we interact in this world is just like some sort of like human representation of that. You know what I mean? I don't know if that was, if that made sense. No, but. it totally makes sense. I mean, yeah. it, it completely makes sense that we're all just one of these, these consciousness and little lights. I always think of it like we're all like these little lights that are just flaring up. And as you look out, it's, we're all part of that universe and part of that one. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to segue over to intuition in business. But before I go there, just a little bit, I love I feel like intuition, we're going to get to intuition, but we're talking about spirituality. So what connects you, I would think, I want to talk a little bit about rituals, like spiritual rituals. I know you have a lot that, you know, ground you and there's certain things you do. So as you, Katie, as a person, what spiritual rituals or that connects you to spirit, however you want to say it, do you have in place that you want to share? Yeah. So um, I can't, 
there's a couple of them. Some of them I'm really good at doing every day and some of them not so much, but they're all tools in my pocket of what I use to feel in tune. So, um, one thing I do is I do meditate. Um, this is probably something I don't do nearly as often as I really would like to, but I do meditate. And so uh, a lot of times that's like to a guided meditation podcast, just to like quiet down my brain so that I can listen. Meditation for me is more about listening. Um, so I, it gives me the opportunity to quiet my brain and just listen, listen to my body, listen to what's going on, listen to any messages I need to hear or just, or just being like sort of like being in a space without having to be a doing kind of a person. Right. So I do meditate. Um, I would say exercise is a big one for me. And most people probably would not fit that in the category of like a spiritual practice, but I do because when I, when I exercise on a daily basis, I, I, it just, it, it aligns everything for me, meaning I feel like I feel physically alive in my body and that physical alive body is in tune. It like clears my brain and I just feel sort of like all aligned, right? Like any worry that I had, whatever anxiety that I was feeling, any to-do lists that are going on in the background, like none of that really matters in that moment. So it, it forces me into a present moment. Um, I am all, I, I'm in nature quite a bit. So whether it's something as simple as just going outside for a walk or it's going to the beach or it's going for a swim in the ocean or um, it's just taking the time to look up and look at the beautiful cardinals that are like all around our house or the squirrels or the stray cats that are adorable and I try hard not to feed them so they don't come to my backyard. But like I love animals. I love nature. Um, and so any way that I can put myself there and, and constantly remind myself that I'm a part of this and that this is just, I'm a part of this giant canvas, this giant painting that is this universe. And that's pretty darn amazing. Um, so like we don't get to do this that often, but we um, go to the Florida Keys quite a bit and we go snorkeling, you know, at least a couple times a year. And it's just, that is probably one of those things that just like takes you to a new world when you're underwater and you're really connected and you're swimming next to all these fish and to turtles and some sharks and whatever's there. You're just like, wow. Like you really recognize like there's nothing more that will like center you in that one moment. So you just feel like, I don't know, just totally connected. And then for kind of real practical daily stuff is I do a lot of journaling. Um, so every single morning I have a pretty ritualized habit where I will write in my gratitude journal and it's a physical journal that I have. And I'll just sort of like brain dump on anything that I feel grateful for. And as a little random side note, I ha I remember watching somebody on Facebook posting like, what if tomorrow you woke up and you only had what you wrote down that you were grateful for yesterday. And I was like, Ooh, I gotta, I gotta make sure to put all the important things in there. <laughs> so like, I just, I guess I'm, I am constantly really grateful. I make sure to make a practice of gratitude, even when I don't feel like it, by the way, because there are definitely days where I don't feel grateful. I wake up anxious or I wake up mad or I make up, wake up whatever, but I always, that's how I start my day. And then I immediately really go into journaling and my journaling practice has really shifted from kind of, kind of telling the story of my life kind of after the fact where I, my journal used to be the place that I would go to vent, like, so I could process stuff out and see what was going on. Um, but it has become more of a place of creating what I want my life to be. And so it has taken the shape of more of like affirmations, um, feeling grateful for awesome things that are happening and really envisioning the life that I want um, and simultaneously being totally plugged into this moment. So 
So the journaling exercise for me just really allows me to make a practice of living in abundance, um, living in positivity, um, and just knowing that I can kind of, if I do, if I do a really good job of staying grounded and grateful, I can really call upon the universe for just about anything that I can possibly dream up. So it's my job to sort of be a fun dreamer and, um, I don't, I don't ever want to think that there's limits on what I can possibly experience in my life, have in my life, be in my life. Um, and so I don't, that's a practice to expand my mind and expand my consciousness on what's important for me. So those are things that I really practice every single day, um, that have made a massive, massive difference. And, um, and then, I, I mean, I just think that all of that all rolled into one that I think that constant thread in there is just the fact that I know that all of those work, like I have in some way, shape or form, like I can, I have them in my toolbox to call upon whenever I need them. And I know that they work immediately for whatever I need. Like I need to feel connected. I need to feel spiritually fulfilled. I need to feel like I'm not angry all the time, or I need to feel like, like anything is possible. Like I kind of know what to draw upon in order to do those things. Cool. So let me ask you this question because I, I love asking this because I get different answers from everybody and I think it's they're all great answers so if I said to you what do you think intuition is what would what would be like something that would just come off your head come off the top of your head um I think intuition is being a thousand percent truthful and in tune with your inner soul and being able to tap into that at any given moment um so for me that means that I I need to constantly be knowledgeable and raw with myself so I know who I truly am and what what I'm doing um yeah that's what I would consider intuition because that then enables me to make decisions to do things that are in line with that can you think of a time in your business that your intuition or like your intuitive hit you know like we call it like a hit or like a an aha um can you think uh, there may be many but can you share with the listeners one that was really like that's it. Like you just listen to it. It just either came to you in a thought or in a dream or however it comes to you. Ooh. Um, yeah, I feel, yes. And I have that a lot. I feel, um, I feel like probably one that I've had most recently is just, um, so I have my community and my entire business is called biz women rock. And I just recently launched a private paid membership community called the biz women rock elite which is which tina i'm so grateful that tina is a part of but this is really like for the action takers of all action takers this is for the women who are out to do great things in their business and because of their business and bigger than their business and so um i this was an idea i was sitting on literally for three years so (laughs) i think my hit was when i finally started taking the steps to make it possible. Like I started, I started finally like talking about it to some people and some people were like, Oh, that would be a really great idea. And you should absolutely do that. And here's why it would be different. Um, but the actual hit really was, um, I feel just this moment when I finally saw 
that it was the future of my business. And for me, that really meant that these were the women who were going to help me like make a massive shift in the world um, and really do that in their own ways just because of who they were, who they are showing up every day in their businesses and in their lives and the impact that that's going to make on everyone that they serve and everyone that they, that those people serve and all sorts of stuff. So it, for me, it was like massive. And so I feel like it was probably during one of those um, journaling exercises where I was just sort of envisioning like what that would be and what it could be. And so I went way beyond like, what are the features and the benefits of this community? It was more like, what's the vision of this? And why are these women here? And what are we all doing together? Like, what's the big purpose? And so that was like that intuitive moment where I finally saw like how powerful that was. And so all the fear of all the logistical stuff just faded away. And I was like, let's do it. And I just basically like you know dove over the the canyon and I was like I'll figure out how to fly on the way down there <laughs> um so cool and so but but I knew like that was the moment when I was like there's no go I know it's gonna work and I don't I don't know what step number two is but I know what step number one is and that's all I need to know right now <laughs> you know as you're talking to me in the intuitive world we have I don't know if you know this but I'll share it with you so we have what's called the Claire's so clairvoyant claircognance have you heard of these before I've heard, I've heard of clairvoyance. Yeah. And it, yeah. So they call it the Claire's. So there's clairvoyance, um, which is seeing, claircognance, which is knowing, clairaudience, and clairsentient. So there is a little more, but that's like the four Claire's, C-L-A-I-R-S. And then each person has one Claire that's more defined or feels a little bit more stronger than another Claire. And as you were talking to me, I would say to you that you're probably one of your strongest Claire would be clairvoyant because you keep saying visioning. And so for you, you probably see a lot. Do you see a lot in your mind and vision? Yeah. 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 Most definitely. I can. It's so funny. Um, But I, I create that vision by writing. So like for me, writing is a massive tool for me. Like I don't, I can't just like go on a walk and then I'm thinking of things like I need to be in front of a computer. I need to see the words in front of me to help me paint the picture. Right. So, um, yeah, I would definitely say that's true for me. That's very cool. Yeah. And you can see how each person, I love this because when I work with different, when I work with women, we'll kind of like narrow it down and everyone has different, like you may have clairvoyance and then you have clairaudience, you know, different ones. But some people, when people are talking to them, actually see, like I was seeing your daughter with the christening and Greece like that. So I'm clairvoyant as well. But then there's the other ones. So it's interesting because I think as a action taker and a community builder and I mean, your husband too, because I got to meet him. So he's unbelievable. And to create, to have the vision, you have to be able to see it and allow yourself to vision, like to actually see it. And for you, it might be journaling, but when you can see it, then it feels real. And then you can check, then take the action, which is, yeah. which is really great. Yeah. And I know. It's uh, it's so funny. Yesterday morning, we're kind of in the, we're kind of like starting to look around for a new house because we have a really, really small place. And when you're, when you have a toddler, like you, your space really becomes really small. So we're like, okay, well we put the word out to our friend who's a real estate agent and whatever. A couple of weeks pass. Two days ago, I just started writing in my journal on what our house was and how easy it was going to be to find it and how easy it's going to be to get the financing for it and all that sort of stuff. And I just wrote out exactly what the house looked like, what the backyard looked like. And so I told Chris, I go, you know, I found our house, right? And he's like, okay, cool. What is it? What is it? And so I went on like a 15 minute diatribe as to what our house looked like. And I have no doubt that that's the house that we're going to get. I don't know where it is. All I know is that our real estate guy is like super, like he's a hunter. So he's like 
all right, I'll, I'll find it. So, um, yeah, like it's stuff like that where I'm like, okay, I can, I can use that power. That's mm -hmm. what it is. Is like, once I understand that I can use it to then create the vision of what I really want. And then I'll, I know that that's going to show up. I just trust, I just trust it's going to show up some way somehow. So, uh, and it always seems to, it always seems to show up. Yeah, it's definitely the manifesting. You know, people talk a lot about manifesting, but manifestation is real. And you have to start with, you really have to start with exactly what you said. You have to vision it and feel it and want it. And I have no doubt that you're going you're gonna to get that house. It's going to be, you know, it'll be amazing. I want to hear all about it. You'll see some pictures. I'll be like, Tina, Yay! you and your Intuitive Woman podcast community need to check this out. It's real. <laughs> exactly. So let's... Let the listeners, where can they find you? Just, you know, share anything that you want to share with them, your your Facebook group and everything. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So um, you are more than welcome to come and hang out with us in our private Facebook group. It is for businesswomen only. So for all of you awesome gentlemen listening, you can, everyone can connect with me on Facebook, just Katie Kremitzos. Um, but if you are a businesswoman and you are interested in being surrounded by other awesome businesswomen like Tina... Um, you can go to bizwomenrock.com, just opt in and it'll give you a personal invitation from me to come join our group. And that's kind of where everything is housed within the website and within the group. Um, and that's sort of where so many great conversations happen. Yeah. And of course, her podcast, which is amazing, Biz Women yes. Rock. And she just <laughs> she just is on the series of Mompreneur, which is amazing. I know there's Thank so you. many of our listeners that are mompreneurs. It is such a great series. I loved yesterday's with... <sighs> Five kids. Oh I my know. God. Kirsten was amazing. <laughs> Five kids. Yeah. So I'm deliberately trying to get women who are in so many different parts of this mompreneur journey. So it's been so cool. And I just, you know, you're a fellow podcaster. It's so powerful to be able to communicate those messages through this, this format. And for people, every single one of you who are listening right now, I mean, this is such a powerful educational tool, um, to get you, to get you access to all these sorts of things that you want to have access to. So I just feel really honored that I get to be the one to put that stuff out there. So awesome. Well, thank you, Katie. You made it very easy and comfortable for me. <laughs> I am so you did a great worried. job. Aww, thank you. Thank you so <laughs> much, my love. Okay. <laughs> Bye-bye.